This is a Broad Pods production. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Hello and welcome to Broad Radio On The Go. Thank you for listening to our podcast version of the live show. Check out more at broadradio.com.au. Julia Zamiro is our special guest in this episode, and the conversation goes in all kinds of directions, including a one-armed monkey who lived in a wildlife park in Christchurch, uh, someone's love of giraffes, and how we all love stories and what it means to connect with other people. There were some gremlins in the internet machine munching on the wires, so we start off this episode with Joe Stanley and Cal Wilson, our hosts, you know, doing the leisurely thing while the rest of us got rid of the gremlins. Well, you're still with Broad Radio with myself, Joe Stanley, and the amazing Cal Wilson. Um, we have a team of people who are feverishly sorting out whatever happened there, but pff, we did nothing. <laughs> we looked concerned, and I feel that was helpful. <laughs> we were passively beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I felt like. We, we just did. sat there and radiated faith at. <laughs> The producers, that's what we did. That's all you can do. Um, I'm excited, though, to welcome back one of our favourite previous guests that we've had on Broad Radio. And I must say, I think she's one of only two guests that we've had on twice, the other being the brilliant Denise Scott. So she's in very good company. Good morning, Julia Zamiro. Good morning to you. And you know what? You sat there waiting because you let the people who know how to fix it fix it, but you're there waiting. As soon as it comes back, like the professionals that you are. Oh my gosh, you yourself, I'm sure, as a performer of many different platforms, must have had yeah. times when technology or something fell over and you're just like, I'm just a warm prop here. Yeah. I can't do yeah. anything. Well, Cal Wilson and I are trained improvisers. And I have to say, I don't know if you agree, Cal, but I reckon that training and that time on stage, on stage literally prepares you for anything. Yes. You just not panic. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and I feel like, like because we've all been doing stuff online so much recently because of COVID, that that everyone's just like, oh, well, this is just a thing mm. that sometimes happens. Mm. Like, yeah, we just move on. Um, Julia, congratulations on home delivery. I wept during your last episode. I'm sure that you've had lots of people say that to you because that's you know we've we've had such a lovely close connection and great fondness of the series. 
Yeah, well, look, it was a bit of an out-of-body experience. I won't lie to you. Um, because we used to joke over the years, oh, would you ever do your own episode? And, you know, would you be the last? That could be a good idea. But if you say you're the last, what does that mean? Like, how do you know it's over? And basically, um, COVID cut short a series we were doing. We were supposed to do 10, and then we could only do eight episodes. And um, then COVID, and then we could sense the ABC were thinking they might wrap it up. So I said to them, could we have a final series, whatever that looks like? So, you know, often in television, you never know when something's going to end or in any job, I guess. And I just thought to myself, I'm happy if this is the last one. But if you tell us that, then at least we can celebrate it. And when I do publicity for it, I can talk about Mm. the 77 episodes that we've done. And so it was very strange not being able to ask the questions. I think you might notice (laughs) in my own uh, for the first 10 minutes, poor Costa, I, he couldn't get a word in because I was overcompensating. But anyway, we got there and it was even weirder to watch it back. And, you know, you don't love crying as yourself on television. Maybe you want to cry as a character, but as yourself, it was weird. But um, but I felt it was the very least I could do after having made 76 other people do. <laughs> so was there a particular moment from your episode that like was the most precious to you? Look, going back to that French school, Cal, was pretty amazing because it is quite odd to have moved into an area and go, oh, there's a local Aussie public school to go to. And by chance, there's this little French class there where French kids go and some were from rich families and some weren't, but who happened to want to learn French. And there was only, you know, 60 kids in the school between first class and sixth class. And to be able to do all my French education through language, learn so much about the country. We did science in French, geography in French, maths wow. in French. It was all in French. And then in the place, in the um, schoolyard, you'd speak in English. And to go back there and see the French part and be with Mark Humphreys, and we wanted to speak more French. We didn't quite get to do as much as we wanted because he speaks French. He, was, he lived there for a year. And then to meet my old school teacher from the Aussie side of the school was pretty great it's such a beautiful place it's such a beautiful place you know interestingly julia both your mother and my mother were teachers and get out so then the three of us i know then will have the same huge respect for the profession (gasps) and also understanding of the incredibly hard work Mm. that they go through day in day out um like yourself i've been supporting the teacher strikes because my god let's pay them more um but it is interesting that time and again, that connection with a former teacher was something yeah. that was a part of someone's story. What a precious thing that is, hey? And also, when you talk to anyone who's taught back then, it's so different now. I mean, my mother, when she talks about her teaching time, she was teaching. Mm. Now, so much admin, so much illness, so much, mm. um, you know, parents who expect more and demand more. Whereas in my mother's era, it was parents to come to school and go what did they do wrong i agree with you you know <laughs> yes. yes my child and what's wrong and it was like no you know and this idea then when 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 parents could email teachers at home that became a real break of of so much of coming into your life whereas it would in time would you'd have to come in face to face or write a letter or really deal with what's going on so, so much has changed for them and I really hope that there's a bit of a revolution in education and teaching where, 
we just start to massage it to make it more, I don't know, modern. Maybe it needs to modernize or change or simplify in a way. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think there's some big changes you could make and, and they're not just the usual ones we hear about, but I just think we know that teachers are leaving the mm. profession worse mm. and they're leaving because they're exhausted. And then not, it's not what they signed up for. And whenever you, mm. you do a job that wasn't what you signed up for, well, of course you're going to leave. But also um, there's this expectation that education mm. needs to be so much more than it ever really was. Like I would get so tired of people saying, oh, the education system's broken because this isn't how you teach kids and yada, yada. I'm like, what more can the teachers do? Like they couldn't possibly give more of themselves. I know, and it's the environment you, you bring together. And I think also, I think headmistresses and headmasters, principals, they want to be able to be, you know, be around their school and bring their teachers together. That used to happen, but mm. now they've got so much mm. admin and there is so, and their businesses. As soon as you make a school a business, you're in trouble, mm. right? So I think it's, some schools still have that feel, but um, I think the demands on, on, on schools and what they're supposed to be, and a lot of it is parent-driven about a kid getting a mark to go to a uni, to do a job, when we know, and this is why this job forum in September with the government will be so interesting, what are the jobs of the future? And mum and dad, they might not be the jobs you think. You know what I mean? Yeah, we don't yeah. know what so stop trying to go he'll always have to be a doctor she should be this <laughs> should become a performer whatever yeah. yeah I often think that about my son who's 13 that I go the job that he is going to do probably doesn't exist yet like Mm. Who knows yeah. what it might be? Isn't that exciting? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, earlier today we were talking with Mary Wooldridge from the Workplace Gender Equality Agency. Again, you go, okay, imagine a world in which the jobs that we don't know yet exist are held by a true split of the mm. diversity of our community. Imagine that. Absolutely. And, you know, we also, I guess, as parents and aunts and uncles, and you have to realise that for your kids, the world is moving faster than it was when we were growing mm. up. So you can't apply the same reasoning from 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago. You just can't, when the, these new, so we t all should get excited together for our kids and our nieces and nephews to go, what is that job? Tell me about it. How will mm, that work? Yeah. Oh, that's mm. thing. You know, let's bring enthusiasm back into what we could do here rather than, and look, I feel that's in the air. It was exciting opening parliament this morning. Beautiful. Yes acknowledgement of country and welcome is great right yeah um so we've, we've been talking about story a bit because of course kel is the host of the moth in yes. melbourne and it's so much of what you you know you're all storytelling on home delivery we see so much of it i mean this is your life is back right so um, what what is what is, yes what is it about learning about other people's lives and histories that we gain so much from. What do you think, Julia? Well, I think it's a connection. You know, whenever you hear someone else say, I had a terrible thing happen to me in my life, it connects you because you think, oh, that happened to me as well. And, you know, I sometimes, sometimes think women are particularly good at kind of coming together and sharing those stories. But also, I mean, the first stories I told of, you know, when my parents got divorced or bad things that happened in my life, I would, because it's my nature, turn them into a funny story yeah, yep. and then it becomes a funny story and Cal, I'm sure you do too and Joe, probably you as well because you want to entertain your friends or you're dealing with it in that way. It's emotionally mm. tricky. So, so you also get a laugh and you make people, you want to go, I'm going to tell the best story. Let me tell the best story. So it's, it, it's fun. And then when you, you know, you go to the moth and you see stories 
pretty incredibly moving stories and a very a performance kind of gone, I'm going to tell this thing. It becomes something else. It becomes a performance. It becomes another another beautiful thing and, and people want to watch. That Not everybody wants to get up and do it. A lot of people want to take it in and watch and, and feel it. But you're absolutely right. It's that connection thing. It is that thing of just a room full of people having the same experience and sharing the sharing the emotions. Mm. I often find it fascinating when you ask people things about themselves and they're the type of person who doesn't want to share much because I'm an oversharer. That's what Breakfast Radio <laughs> trains you to basically tell everything, everything. about yourself to everyone, right? Yep. Whether they want to hear it or not. Um, but, yeah. you know, there are those people who are very guarded and I often want to go, but you're, what you have is precious mm. and please share this part of you. But it's, it's a guess, well, I, it's a courageous thing to do to share. I also really deeply respect people who keep their privacy. And I've had a few friends in my life that I really respect that they do that. And then I realized, oh, actually there was a time when I probably should have been a bit pushier and asked what's going on. You feel like you're breaking glass, you know, because mm. for them it's a part of who they are. But also our job, so Cal's kind of, you know, curating this, this world with the moth. With home delivery, they were willing, but you still want to try and bring more out. You know, there's ways of, of eliciting that out. And, you know, I'm always, what I miss the most about international travel, because I am nervous about going overseas, I won't lie, um, is that stranger next to you where you just tell each other everything and that person might be an oversharer or not, or they just do it on flights and you get this lovely story, you know? Yeah, it's like a little a little peep into someone else's world, isn't it? And, and what yeah. I also love is when um, someone will say something offhandedly and you go, no, 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 no what, what, what was that? Like, like um, we both know Russell Fletcher, uh, yeah. Julius Murray, he's yes. a lovely, lovely performer and mm. improviser. And we had known each other for 20 plus years before he casually mentioned he'd nearly been killed by a falling coconut. <laughs> And to me, that is the story I would lead with. I'd be like, my name's Cal. I was nearly killed by a coconut. That's what I would lead. But I was like, how? I went with another guy who'd been bitten on the foot by a shark and didn't find that out for years. It's like, what? Yeah. I mean, are we even friends? Are we even yeah. friends? Yeah. So many yeah. coconut jokes I mean, we could pe- be making. People need to work out what their headline is and work with yeah. that. You maybe get a T-shirt made, you know, so that there's just Hi, like this. Joe. Ask yeah. me about. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
There are some people who really are the type of people that others open up to Mm -hmm. as well. Like, I don't know if you have that gift, Julia, but my husband will... I mean, he's from the country, right? Grew up in the country. He'll go to get a coffee two hours later. I'm like, where the hell are you? And he's bumped into some person who doesn't, he barely knows. Next thing he's found out that when he was, this person was a kid, this terrible thing happened. And then it's just this unraveling of someone's story. I'm like, how do they tell you these things? Do you have that gift, well, Julia? I think I do, but also two words, Brian and Curvis. I mean, oh, I've worked yes, a lot with Brian yes. and he, his family will tell you they've missed planes. Because he's still back at the checkout talking to the pregnant lady, finding out it's a bird and how did the first two birds go and what are you doing and have you, you know, and that's what I adore about Brian. He'll always give, you know, a little 10 minutes more. But, yeah, I think you're right. I I think when you're on television and people know what I do, Mm. they'll do it even more. But your husband has a special gift, Joe, because I'm assuming he does. He's not on television. He's not on television. uh, And he's just got a beautiful open manner that they're going, Oh, and also I think people are dying to talk again, you know, because they've been trapped. Well, what I've discovered is he asks the question. Like he'll he'll keep asking questions. He's a naturally curious Mm. person. He has, he's in a previous life, he was an engineer scientist, right? So he's got this inquiring mind and he's a filmmaker. So he's got this true love of story Mm. and he just finds people fascinating. Whereas I'm like, I haven't got time, got to get my kid to, bloody basketball right so but he's got all the time in the world but also it's loaded with you because then they'll go they'll talk about other things and that's one thing I regret now I regret now that because I'm a bit well known you'll never get a truly possibly unfiltered response Mm -hmm. and you know your husband goes in there and gets maybe more than I can get you know so maybe uh, home delivery has a kind of a use by date which the ABC clearly made clear (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine about it I truly am I'm gonna really break but um but yeah I mean all good things must come to an end it's true well now so you two are going to be on the stage tomorrow night actually for the guilty feminist which is one of my favorite podcasts um and it's the live like how amazing i know that the audiences for these shows just are they phenomenal revel love it am i right well i i've i've listened to the podcast for years and i hear she the shows are big and live and, and enormous but I'm not sure of the following here. You know, you don't know who's from Australia, who's not. So, Cal, I, I, I look forward to whatever happens. Yeah, it'll be great. We're at the State Theatre in Sydney and it will be full and it will be just lovely. We've just done New Zealand and my favourite thing in Christchurch, because I'm from Christchurch, was just talking about the Willowbank Wildlife Reserve, which is a little kind of animal park in Christchurch. But it was so great to have a hometown crowd that understood, you know, <laughs> why it was so fabulous and, you know, the... In the 1970s, they had a one-armed monkey because the (laughs) the monkey's cage was next to the mountain lion's cage and the mountain lion bit the monkey's arm (gasps) That's not funny. Why am I laughing? That's terrible. Because it just seems like a really Kiwi thing to do, to put a monkey next to a lion (laughs) and let them sort it out. And So so I brought this up at um, Christmas a few years ago to my older brothers and I said, do you remember the one-armed monkey? They were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, there was a one-armed monkey and the the lion had bitten its arm off. And they were like, you've just made that up. So I emailed Willowbank and just went, this is kind of weird, but in the 70s, did you have a one-armed monkey because the mountain lion had bitten its arm off? And the email came back, oh, yes, dear old Sundance. Sundance. Sun absolutely true. And then we were there the other day. I took my son the other day, and we were very um, uh, vigorously sat on by a Kia, which is a big um, alpine parrot. <laughs> and 
they're very they're, they're the most intelligent bird in the world and they're very destructive so if you you know, if you park near the snow you'll lose your windscreen wipers to these they're basically can openers but green feathered how big, how big are they quite big like a, a streamlined chicken i would say a big a big par- like a massive parrot okay so we were in the aviary and it just likes to sit on it punctured my my puffer jacket what? tried to get in my bag sat on my son's head it was absolutely brilliant the God. best part the keeper had to come and like pluck it off me because it was like no no i think we are married now um, <laughs> its name was megatron and i love that that willow bank has just kept naming its animals weird like Megatron, where's that come from? Meg, well, Megatron sounds like pissed, right? And and needs to be controlled. So no wonder they've called it Megatron. Like it's like something out of like Optimus Prime. Like is, is it a transformer? It's like oh yeah, well that's amazing. I I feel like they maybe kept the story of the one armed monkey a little on the DL because it sounded like it wasn't a particularly good I just wildlife think, sanctuary. Well, no, it's great. It's it's brilliant. Now it's got this weird thing that it's always been. It's always been farm animals and then something random. Random. So it used to be yeah. farm animals, monkeys, and a mountain lion, and okay. now it's farm animals, native birds, and uh, just huge eels. Ooh, uh, ooh, yeah, uh, this, no. They're, they're, there's so much to do in Christchurch. <laughs> there's so <laughs> yeah, much. I have to admit that I'm, I'm ashamed of this, actually, but I did years ago do the terrible thing where you go in Thailand to pat the tiger. Oh, I feel sick that I did that because the poor tiger is chained up mm. and obviously mistreated so that you can sit next to it and get a photo. It was pretty extraordinary as a cat lover to feel yes. a tiger purr like your arms around the tiger like it was extraordinary oh, but you're I, a baby tiger I was no no like, an adult tiger oh, an adult tiger right adult wow. tiger so but it's terrible as animal mm. uh, you know as as a lover of animals now i would never do that but i did it and the guy who was um con- in control of that tiger had only one arm oh. <laughs> and just, there, there was a conversation about how did this happen oh. and he's like that one and i was like Wow, and okay. I've got my arms around it. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and again, that's why you go. Oh, I shouldn't. This is terrible. Because what are they doing to that tiger such that I can cuddle it? We, it's awful, awful. I'm ashamed. But, I'm ashamed. But now, if you ever <laughs> well, need it, you've got a great photo for your Tinder bio. Yeah, that's right. We also did the cheetah experience in Christchurch a few years ago, and that was pretty great. We're three cheetahs. You just hang out with them for half an hour, and that was truly ba- amazing. Or real, oh, they hadn't reached cheetah puberty because apparently they're handleable until they their voices drop <laughs> and, and they get unput here. <laughs> but, but it was it was that same thing of like these three giant cats purring, and I'd never thought like yeah. it sounded like motorbikes. Like, yes. they were so loud. Julia, have you ever had an up close and personal animal experience? Look, um, I've decided I've worked so much in my life that I don't do enough fun stuff, and. Um, I don't do enough fun stuff. That's what I'm going to say to you. And that's going to change. That's going to change. Mm. I think, um, yeah, I, 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 I've been a bit work obsessed. So when I, fun stuff for me usually involves indoors things, not outdoors things. Mm. So that's changing a bit. Um, I can't remember one. I do love giraffes. Can I just volunteer mm. that? I've had in my life. But I, if I see a giraffe, and I mean, you know, I did go to Africa once on a documentary thing that got a bit out of control, but we did see some wild elephants and that was incredible. Um, but um, I, I do love a giraffe. I think giraffes is prob- a giraffe is probably my animal. Yeah, incredible. The giraffes at the Werribee Zoo in Melbourne mm. are just, they come up and you've got, you want a fun stuff, 
to do, yeah. Julia. Right. You can do at Werribee Zoo. You go out in the bus, right? So it's an open yeah. range zoo. You go out in the bus and you've got, you're holding the leaves or whatever that they, the giraffes eat and they come in and they stick their head right into the bus wow. and you can feed them and their big blue tongues go all around your hand. It's amazing. Oh, my God. I love that. I just even love watching them run and I just can't believe how they're designed. It's, 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 <laughs> evolution is so interesting. Like you've got the cheetah, which is the perfect machine, and then you've got a panda, which is just like a beanbag, and then you've got a giraffe, which looks like I didn't have quite enough of those legs, so I'll just have two different legs. Like, <laughs> you know, when you run out of Lego or something? So you just, oh, well, the neck's a bit long, but it'll work. <laughs> Things they can do, and this, you know, they've got so much movement. What they have, but don't have, and they've got beautiful eyelashes, and they're just, and the way they run. I mean, I could watch. It's like I could watch surfing for hours. I could watch mm. giraffes running mm. for hours. Well, is that what is that what is next for you then, Julia? What giraffes. do you? What, yeah, well, giraffes. No, look, I am. Look, I, I, I look. I don't know about you. I've already had COVID once, and I really seriously had to ask myself the question. How willing are you to get COVID for your work? Mm. How many times? And I'm not sure what the answer is, my friends. Mm. So this next show I'm doing happens to be outside. I thought at least if I do a job outside, but I still have to travel there. So I don't know what I was thinking. But anyway, <laughs> it's for SBS and it is a outdoor thing. I can't say much more. Not that it, not because it's a big secret because they tell you you can't. But so I'll be going outside and doing some things. But... I'm, I'm seriously thinking about how many times am I willing to get sick because we don't know enough yet and I'm not mm. I'm not I'm not an anti-vax or anything I'm jabbed up to the wazoo um, but I I don't quite know what the answer is to that and I feel like I need to spend a bit of time at home so maybe a bit mm. of a break in 2023 mm, some writing some things you can do in your own little nest oh, maybe right. maybe you could arrange a one-on-one -on -one visit with a giraffe to your house done. <laughs> Done. Drive out to Werribee Zoo and just do my own documentary with my own phone because you can. You can. You can. And surely there's a memoir in you, Julia. Is there? I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you this for free. I'll tell you this for free. I, I don't think I'm someone who be, can be given an advance and have to do it under pressure. I think it's something you should just start doing, have some kind of a draft, and then present it because hmm. I don't work well in that way. And you'd have to want to tell it in a really clever way. I can't stand biographies that goes beginning, middle, end. You know, you've got mm. to do something interesting mm. with it. And yeah. I don't know what that would be. But would people buy it? So there's so many books out there. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. And there are so many memoirs. And I, I have a dream of writing a memoir. But the reason I haven't really begun is I'm like, what, why? why? What, what would I have to give that other people yeah. haven't written about their lives? And what, what difference would my story make? Who gives a shit, right? So <laughs> With Magda Jabansky's book, Reckoning, you know, mm. you get you go, oh, this will, it's Magda who I adore, this will be a good story. And then not only is it a good story, but it's very well written. Mm. And I really reckon that's an important part of writing your own book. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like otherwise tell the story on camera because mm. the written word and how, how she writes it, she has such a flair. And so you forget it's Magda's book and it's just this book by this woman. And you go, oh, my God, yes, that's Magda. And and it's an incredible story as well. So I think that's where I'd want to have to put the work in. I think I know my story, but you want to present mm. it and write it well. Mm. Yeah. Well, whatever you do next, we love it. Thank you so much for returning to Broad Radio. 
We hope you have. My pleasure. Well, I hope we get you back again. Yeah, any time, especially since I'll be taking a big break in 2023. And Cal, I'll see you on Wednesday night. I can't wait. Yeah, thanks so much, Julia. It's awesome to have you. You have an awesome day. Thank you. And Cal, thank you for joining me once again on Broad Radio. We didn't get to talk about the things that we love to go to on social media. So you've got your colour palette thing that you like to visit. It's my colour palette. It's called Colour Schema and it's literally on Twitter. You scroll through. And it just gives you some really pretty colours. Look at that. You'll just be going along and go, oh, I like the combination of that strange orange, pink. and oh, it's almost and it's edible. And, and then they'll get, they'll, you'll get a nut. It's like a licorice all sauce. It is. But just surprising colours. Like and it. that's I just get so much joy looking at a lovely colour palette. That's lovely. Yeah. I, I enjoy Useless Farm. What is Useless, useless Farm? Useless Farm is a woman who... Um, I've got no idea what her name is, but she just goes around and visits her animals and talks about them. That's Karen the emu who is constantly trying to attack her. So she's been trying out different wigs to see whether Karen responds any better to the wigs. Then Stanley the emu wears the wears the wigs, and there's a very aggressive bantam called Chad. There's all these, there's all these kind. Of, it's just she's so hilarious, and like to try and get Karen the emu's temperament sorted out. She's got like live, laugh, love things on the wall to oh, see if like that'll soothe Karen. It's very aggressive. But it's just a, a really funny, consistently funny account. You love animals. I do. And then it's a lot of cat rescue videos, but <laughs> it's too too many to mention. <laughs> All right, I'm going to check out Useless Farm. Thank you once again. And uh, I'll see you at the Moth sometime. Great. Yeah. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.